Welcome to the Tone Jerks Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Gower, and uh, my normal co-host, uh, Kyle McIntyre. He is not here. He is on vacation. But do not worry. I had three good friends to help me out this week. I had Adam Rohr for the Let Him Hear podcast. I had Kevin Equitz from Equitz Guitars and Sean Wright from Lollygagger Effects. All decided to uh, you know help a brother out. We uh, tackled different topics, and uh, they... Episodes ran a little longer than I expected, but that's good. We got into some good conversations. So instead of having like an almost two hour long podcast, you know, we're going to split it up. So have three episodes. So enjoy this one. And there's two others to, you know, go on to make this a complete episode number 47. On the line here, I have uh, Mr. Kevin Equitz. Do you want to say hi to the people? Hey, guys. All right. So in case you don't know Kevin, because you've been living under a rock. Uh, Kevin, he builds guitars. His uh, company is called Equits Guitars, and uh, yeah, it's really like it's like as like cool boutique handmade guitars as you can get. I think <laughs> so. They're really cool shit. He's got a lot of a lot of stuff. So I mean, we'll get a like I don't know a little bit in the the background, but we're mainly just gonna hit a couple topics. If you wanted nitty and gritty about Kevin, I'd say go to Tone Mob guitar knobs listen to all those guys you can get more nitty-gritty about uh kevin but uh kevin do you want to introduce yourself a little bit like kind of like what's your little what's your deal what's what's what <laughs> in a you know cliff notes version what is equits guitars who are you equits guitars is a dude in his garage making guitars <laughs> that's really it and um and that's that's kind of all it needs to be for me right now it's yeah. a side gig and um it's about uh, I think five guitars a year is my average, but um, fortunately, there's there's a list going on right now, so I need to ramp it up. I need to kind of make some changes, I guess, to my my process, my tooling, whatever. And and um, so that's a good thing. And in the the boutique realm, it's a good it's a good problem to have. A, yeah, yeah, it's a good problem to have, but it's not always a guarantee either. So yeah. um, you know, just for each one. It's very cool and very thankful, and um, they're all you know really good people. And, and if there's one thing I could say is it's never just the guitar. Um, for me, the process is so much fun. Even before, um, it's like the term breaking ground, but it's like you know making sawdust. Like before a tool hits wood and sawdust is created, like there's been a lot that's gone on up until that point, and then. The whole process of you know seeing the thing get built, as you can attest to, Brian, um, you know the the owner is a part of it. You know mm-hmm. they get to kind of see it from my perspective. The stuff that I feel comfortable showing, <laughs> yeah. You know, that if I make a mistake, be like, "Oops, I screwed." But there have been times <laughs> where you know I'll tell somebody like, "Hey, I screwed up. I'm going to redo this part." You know, just because I want them to know that it's a process and that yeah. it's um, it's it it doesn't just happen. Even the the shops that have more automation and stuff like uh-huh. there's still a, a a lot that goes into each guitar um so anyway at at the end of it we feel like we've been through uh, an experience together and it feels like the the friendships that it made just through building guitars for people is um is really deep it's very fulfilling like, it's a lot of fun and it's, yeah. it's a, a great kind of pocket for me right now um to do them i do originally it was like you know one at a time then it was two at a time so i've been trying to batch them in groups of like three to four to try to get through the list mm-hmm. without that impacting the overall timeline too much so yeah. little by little i'm getting there no it's definitely cool 
Um, yeah, your designs are very, um, they're all unique, like designs. You're not doing like Les Paul LP telecopies or T styles or whatever. You're doing your own design. You came up with something that's like really, they're all classic looking, you know, like they have, uh, that classic look not to say like, Oh, it, it harkens back to like, this is a Gretsch, you know, it's like, it's your own style. Right. And, well, it's, and the idea of them mm-hmm. being totally original doesn't sit well with me. It feels like it's an original arrangement of familiar lines. Yeah, yeah. That's, so that's, it's, it's almost like a mashup of like some cover tunes, you know, so you could call the, the song original, but you're, you're taking a bunch of other, you know, melodies or chord progressions or riffs that people already like. They're yeah. already conditioned and, and they, they like them. It's it's the things that you know you like and that kind of helped build who yeah. you are as like a player or like in design that you actually like and harken back to. So you can be like, oh, it's cool. I'm not like ripping off you know uh, an SG or whatever, but I'm like, oh, I'm maybe taking lines that I enjoy out of this thing. So right, because we we've, we've all seen them. It's the stuff that they make fun of on other podcasts about you know ugly guitars and you know <laughs> things that look like a joke because it's easy to make an original shape, but just because it's original doesn't mean it's appealing. Yeah. And <laughs> just because it's original doesn't mean it's good. It's just like music. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, in your case, too, you know, um, you could come up with anything, any sort of noise and call it original. Yeah. Right. But, but ain't, you know, ain't nobody going to want to listen to it. <laughs> right. right. Nobody's right, going right. to be booking your band <laughs> or nobody's exactly. going to want to play the guitars. So that's really cool. So, yeah, it's, it's something I think you're, uh, building something up as in a reputation as like a builder who uh, gives a shit and you're doing it so by hand. And that's like, if you're looking for that, you can get it out of equits. You're not really going to get it out of like, even I'm sure Fender custom shop or Gibson custom shop, but you're going to be paying like through the teeth for that, just for that name sake. <laughs> and yeah. I'm, it's still going to be, I think pretty automated to me. Well, I don't know. That is worth a damn just to say like, somebody made this well and those brands have a place you know there are people that make those guitars and and all that um and if there's anything i could really push not just me but the the idea of there are a lot of other builders like me they're doing the same thing kind of in their own way so you know in my opinion the the bigger brands they've got a a range you know as far as like you know beginner intermediate even some expert level um players but if you get to the point where you want to invest in something that is it's a like a, a long-term decision not something to flip or, or anything like that any yeah. short-term idea but you want something that's gonna you know last longer than you will and, and maybe be handed down somewhere or or whatever um there's so many guys out there and ladies too, i shouldn't just say guys but there are a lot of um people out there that that really are passionate about you know making these things that um for a comparable price point to those bigger brands, like their custom shops, like you could get something that is much more um, unique and, and tailored to you, and you can be part of the process. As yeah, well. I think that's that, I don't know. That, there's something to be said in that, and especially the time that we're living in. And mm-hmm. you know, people want to say like, "Oh, the digital age is pushing people apart." I'm like, no, it's bringing people closer together. I think that con right. Like, especially what we're doing right fucking now. <laughs> we're, right. we're like, what, like 180 miles, you know, whatever, 80 to 100 miles away. And we're talking right now about guitars. I'm like, it's really right. cool that we can have that connection. And I think to like, you can have that connection with somebody building your guitar like across the country, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it's really cool. 
Um, yeah, I mean, any more that you want to know about Equids, you know, like I said, check out this podcast, check out his website. But I wanted to hit a like a topic. What do you what do you, what do you say about that, Kevin? Yeah, I wanted, I wanted for to pick, sure. pick your brain about something. Uh, so I had one. So this is not necessarily about guitars or music, but I, you know, you're a creative person. You're, you're designing, you know, musical instruments. You're a musician yourself. Um, and, you know, part of your career is, you know, your, your day job, you know, is you're designing graphics, you know, graphic design. You're part, part of that. You're creating stuff all the time. So for me, I wanted to pick your brain about what do you do? Like, how do you deal with getting out of a creative rut? Like, if you find yourself in one, how do you get out of it? Do you have, like, success stories? Um, probably. Uh, <laughs> or do you, or, or do you but, like, have, like, a go-to, I think, is the thing? Yeah, my go-to idea is to pull the rug out from underneath yourself, right? Um, and for a long time, with a lot of people, they've heard me talk about, um, like, simplifying and, and trying to avoid, like, option paralysis and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but just recently... Um, my wife's been doing a lot of painting, right? She, she's gotten into watercolor. Mm -hmm. And, um, so she's got there at one point, she had just these palettes out, like multiple palettes and just tons of colors on all these palettes. And, and it kind of went against what I'd previously felt about like surrounding yourself with options. Um, because you can confuse yourself, you know, and, and having more options often leads to more options for regret. If you choose, if you have a hundred things and you choose one out of the hundred, you have 99 variables of like, well, should I have gone with that other yeah, one? Yeah. Or it's easier to decide between three things. Right. Yeah. However, um, like watching her work, it's like, she, she has an idea and a better understanding of all those colors. So more colors gives her more flexibility. So maybe it's a matter of choosing the right options, but what I, what I really meant about pull the rug out from underneath yourself is like, it's not any one solution. Like the designers that I work with, um, on my team, you know, different, uh, designers kind of have a different style and a different preference. And so a lot of times it's like, you can see them starting to work themselves down one direction. It's like, okay, Hey, why don't we take it apart and put it back together? Or we'll look at something upside down. We'll put it on the wall upside down. And it's like, what stands out? How does it look, you know, this way? Um, let's try to subtract three things from this, uh, not in ultimately necessary. And from like, you know, just the, the design education, the three words, and it's on my wall, it's appeal, comprehension, and retention. And, and that's what, um, whether it's a guitar, whether it's a song, uh, anything that, that is created, um, in my opinion, should fall into those three criteria. Mm -hmm. Um, so what I mean by pulling the rug out from underneath yourself is like, if you're the type of person, let's put it in the context of guitar, for example, like um, my brother and I are very different players. He's very technical. He started off learning scales and scales turned into like sweet picking and he's, he's very yeah, yeah. fast, very technical player. And so that um, our personalities are different. And so I kind of went in a different direction, more like sloppy blues and, you know, yeah. <laughs> surf music and stuff like that. But, um, it's it's been interesting to kind of see because we play together quite a bit and, and when we play together it's usually like cover tunes we have this family kind of band get together thing that we do every now and then we play a bunch of cover tunes and seeing how that kind of pulls us out of our own approaches um, is an interesting comparison i think and for me to try to 
practice the way he does with like a metronome and scales that really pulls and pushes me in, in the right directions. And in his case, I think maybe looking at um, a solo or, or a, you know, a chord progression out of the context of like how technically sound it is, you know, but like, how does it feel? I think that's like an interesting push to kind of see how we can meet in the middle on that. And so in the interest of like, you know, trying to create obstacles for yourself to climb, it's like a matter of how do you already practice? Like if you practice by plugging into your amp, then unplug your guitar, you know, change it on yourself. Mm -hmm. Or if you never play plugged in, plug that sucker in. Like, that's how I am. Like I, I would usually play unplugged. And so to, to like plug in my effects, my amp, and, and to feel really conspicuous, like, man, somebody can hear me right now. Like that changes how I practice. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're someone who's only playing solos, it's like, stop, you know, like play some chord progression, yeah, or, get, you know, yeah, the get, other, get the rhythm going and get in the pocket. Yeah. Right. And there have been things I've, other people that I've seen, it's like, you know, take two strings off your guitar, just any two, just pick them, just take them off. Um, or, you know, try to, try to live within a few different frets or, you know, if you, it's it's a matter of recognizing what you are and changing others. It sounds really obvious, but I mean there are a lot of different ways. And so it's it's not a matter of confusing yourself with more options like oh I need more pedals and I need more of this. So it's like well if you're already doing that, then getting deeper into it isn't going to help. Um, it's just changing the game on yourself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, mean, I think it. Um, this is something that you mentioned on recently on Adam's podcast. Let him hear. Uh, how mm -hmm. you, you know you were i think you had mentioned something about you know uh you try and create like a creative artistic environment for your daughter right so i think that's kind of a cool thing i was like oh you were saying like oh if she's ever frustrated with something or whatever you know you could just go create something i think that is something like yeah. when you're in a different mindset that can really spark creativity and maybe even get you out of a rut and right. you know say if you're like frustrated with that this guitar part that you can't get with well then write lyrics or, you know, exactly. write exactly. a new song. Like, you know, say like you can't figure out this solo for, you know, a song in A major, then, you know, go work on the next song that's in D minor, whatever. It could be like a, a yeah. whatever, or just write something new. I'm like, and the thing is, or, you know, you could step away and I'm like, okay, lyrics are completely different than guitar, in my opinion. You know, it's like, when you're writing lyrics, I'm like, oh, I don't have to get frustrated about guitar. So I think that's kind of a really cool idea. Right. And see, the lyric thing, that's that's something I've probably never done. <laughs> <laughs> so even songwriting in and of itself is not, uh, quite honestly, I don't really feel like much of a creative person. Um, that's my job is working with creative people. Uh -huh. um, and... Um, and I'm surrounded by it. So I, I, mean, <laughs> I like how you say that, but you build and come up with designs for guitars. <laughs> I'm not a creative person. And you're like shaving this thing down with your fucking hands. I'm like, I can't, <laughs> I can't create anything, but you're creating something tangible that people actually use. <laughs> Anyways, go on. But that's more like a byproduct of like the, just the catharsis of, you know, shaving the wood down. You know what I mean? Like it's, you know, like those, um, you know, like like ants that make these tunnels, they're just making a tunnel. But then when you look at the whole matrix yeah. of tunnels and it's this wonderful, like, you know, organic structure, it's like, they're just making a tunnel. Like, I, I'm just going to cut away at a piece of wood until it feels like a guitar. And um, 
but there are some people that like did this outlet, like there's this, this fountain within them that just needs to burst out. And so, um, going through art school and, and, you know, working with design and working with artists and stuff, there are a lot of people that are like, just, just super creative. And it's like, they just need to focus it and, and point it in the right direction. And, you know, where other folks are more, um, it's it's more of like an absorption kind of thing. Yeah, or, you know? or it's like, more like a like a I, I guess like, like a I don't know. I can't think of the right word, but it's like utilitarian. It's like oh, I'm yeah, creating exactly. now, and it's like I'm I'm segmenting my creativity into this. It's pocket. So it's like it's not any different than the person that you are saying like this spewing out creativity. I'm like for you, you might just like see yourself as a person. I'm like oh, I'm only doing this because this is kind of what I know. I'm robotronic, but you're actually doing something. That you got to think of like, there's a lot of human beings in the world <laughs> that don't create anything, and you're right. doing, and you're, you know, you're doing something. You're c- cultivating this environment, and especially for your daughter, the next generation. You know, she's like, she's frustrated. She's gonna create something good, or it's, well, you know, that, or it could be just something that she's like, cool, I, I did that, and I'm just gonna throw it away. Whatever, I drew something, I'm like, whatever, and then, but she's doing something with her energy as opposed to just being pissed off. And anyway, right, and that. <laughs> That was the thing where, um, cause it, guitars for me, is like the big difference for everything else. And like, that's where I do feel most creative. That's where I actually finish a project is yeah. you know, like, <laughs> it's, the, it's the anti Kevin, which is very strange. Um, but you know, in her case, uh, you know, our, our daughter, her name's Bridget. Bridget's like super creative. She loves writing. She's, she's really good at writing these stories and she'll write like a few chapters and then abandon it. And it's like, no, 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 keep going. So, you know, trying to get her to finish the project. And I think part of this rut uh, that we're talking about too, can be like how precious uh, something is. Like my wife had a painting teacher who would make a painting and then literally just scratch it off of the canvas and paint it again as like a practice of separating yourself from like, no, I can't, uh, I can't let it go. You know? Um, Or in the other case, there are some people that, you know, their work is completely disposable. And yeah. it's like, well, maybe consider the, the, the longer term thing. So as far as, you know, in Bridget's case, um, like there was one particular instance, she was just mad about something else. And she had this, um, this cool, it was like a, um, I forget what the drawing was, but she ripped it up. She yeah. was frustrated and she ripped up her drawing and, and it was like, Oh, darn it. Like you didn't have to rip that up. And so, um, and so we we're trying to say, instead of destroying, like you should be using this energy to create. And so she took all those little pieces and, and like glued and taped them back together and made this really cool looking bird out of this, this drawing that she had torn up. And it was a nice little object lesson of like, see what you can do. You can use your energy one way or the other. And, and um, I think part of that conversation with Adam and, and Emily was like nowadays too, maybe it's another, you know, something that's facilitated by our, our social interactions, but you can spend all your energy complaining and, and griping and frustrating and arguing and, uh, you know, doing all that. It's like, but there's so many people out there with, with um, their particular sphere is, you know, songwriting or, you know, painting or (laughs) whatever it is. And it's like, just create with that instead of destroying with that. Don't try to destroy a person. Don't try to, you know, just create and, and, hopefully more good would come from that. I think it's, yeah, partially putting those feelings that you have to like good use, not necessarily yeah. like, you know, uh, stifling any, um, right now this is where I, uh, I guess I'm not a parent. So, uh, for me, I'm like, if you're angry 
and you have you know sadness rage any like the negative connotations to like feelings i'm like feel them live them you're human we don't there's a lot of people that never get to feel what you're feeling right now so embrace it but then create something from it so don't feel like oh i'm I'm frustrated don't i shouldn't feel frustrated anymore like no feel frustrated and angry right and you know uh if you you know are mad and at something i'm like good then do something from it like you know for me i write music when i'm Mm -hmm. like uh the latest one that we just did it was like every emotion i felt at a certain time in my life it was like not the best time in my life but it came out with a record and i'm like oh right i'm like pretty happy-go-lucky now you know i'm a little too complacent in how shitty my life is but i look at it back in a time when i was like you know what i was (laughs) everything was going wrong and i was happy i was angry i was mad i was like you know i was you know hate pushing everybody else away and i'm like you know i wrote a record from that and i learned from it i became something you know Right. And that's what we were working on with Bridget. We've had to say it many times as, you know, I think most parents can attest to with kids, but you know, we tell her like, you can be angry. There's nothing wrong with being angry. You just can't be mean. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, like you were saying, feel the feelings, but, um, like don't, and, you know, you don't have to inf- like inflict those on other people. <laughs> and that's right. the biggest thing. Cause there's a, right. a fine line between being like, you know, um, a person feeling emotions and being a prick. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, those and, are my those are my words, not yours. <laughs> You're not. I don't see you telling your daughter like, just don't be a fucking prick, okay? Right. <laughs> this guy Brian happen. told me to say that to you. <laughs> but I mean, and this this may be like weirdly abstract, but um, like what I've noticed, you know, what I'm doing in the in the garage, um, and it also it was kind of it, it arose from this campaign we we're working on at my last day job where they wanted to um, use tools symbolically, and it was like, well, there was really no negative connotation we could avoid <laughs> but you know yeah. hammer you know screwdriver <laughs> nails like everything was so like violent when you break it down yeah and and I, you know it made me realize too it's like like when you when for me my personal example when i look at a finished guitar like there's it goes through a series of just horrible violent operations it's cutting it's grinding and it then you know watch thinking about that show like how it's made you know just because that's another thing that fascinates me is just to see how stuff is built industrially and whatnot mm-hmm. but it's like nothing really is ever built without being like stretched or pressed like, or heated or, or cut broken or, down yeah right exactly and, and so to look at like songwriting and, and even just classical art and all this kind of stuff like Generally speaking, obviously there'd be some exceptions, but for the most part, like the best art comes from anger, frustration, pain. You know what we would associate these negative things. You know there are there is good stuff that can be like, hey, I'm happy. I'm going to write a song about it. You know, obviously there's there's good stuff to be gained there. And you know, we really try to surround Bridget with, you know, um, we'd make her playlists of you know real positive music that had you know it wasn't cheesy or you know corny music, but it just had <laughs> yeah, like yeah. a had a good message to it but um but like in your case you're talking about your album it's like yeah that you you took a negative circumstance and you just created something with it um the, the album i've heard it you know it's got that energy and it's you know you can hear kind of the what you were feeling but you, there's something there and and someday you'll be on the opposite end of those feelings if you're not already and mm-hmm. you'll look back and that'll be like a marker of you know that point in your life yeah um so there's nothing wrong with that in my opinion yeah and yeah no totally i mean that's why i look back at it now i'm like no no i'm not i'm not sad like that anymore 
<laughs> and I look at like, ooh, but these are good songs though. At least got some good songs. And right, then, but it's good to know how upset you were, yeah, or and you it's, know it's, what what made you that way. Especially able to like document something like that and like exactly create something tangible that people can listen to and like. But I guess to back on like creative rut, uh, I had a mm-hmm. point of like sometimes like you know just uh, not only like just separating yourself entirely from things, but like sometimes yeah, sometimes just doing that. Like I notice like my mind kind of sparks something that I'm like I'll be doing mm-hmm. something completely different like i'll be like oh i might be like driving and like i could be like oh i'm listening to a podcast but then i thought of like lyrics or like a chord progression yeah that could do it (laughs) and so i mean like an idiot i'll like write down something while i'm driving (laughs) but you know that's a good point don't don't recommend that yeah (laughs) but yeah or i could be like on a run or jog or something Right. There's something that happens when you are kind of available to an idea, um, you know, because the, the ideas aren't going to wait for you. Um, a lot of times, you know, people talk about getting good ideas in the shower or um, like when they're starting to fall asleep. That's Some people keep a, a, a notepad by their bed, like oh, Victor yeah, Wooten, yeah. the bass player was talking about when you're you're starting to get into that kind of half dream state. It's like when your brain can relax a little bit, sometimes mm-hmm. there's a good idea that creeps in there. So I think making yourself available or, or having the resources around, like there are lists on my phone of guitar ideas and none of them born in my garage working on another guitar. It was like as I'm, you know, uh, one place or another in the car, you, know, you hear a song and it's like, oh, that, that's a good idea for a guitar and yeah. as a songwriter, as a lyricist, I'm sure, you know, you could, um, if you kind of, you know, can get yourself into a space where you're, you're not distracted by any, anything else, you know, there, there's some interesting ideas that are at least given a runway to land on. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's, I don't know. Sometimes too, I'm like, even just like recently, um it just like the, if you can get rid of the barrier to entry to creativity is another thing too like for me i've i've like gotten like trying to streamline my recording process to be like oh mm-hmm. if i have an idea i just want to be able to plug in turn it on and just record and like that helps out too because i'm like i don't have to worry about like running cables and micing up a cab and doing this and da, da, da. i'm like oh i can just kind of plug in here and just start playing and so anything that's like Right. Disassociated with, you know, or anything that's like not associated with the actual creative process, you can get that out of the way. Then that's cool. Yeah. And it's tough because in a perfect world, you know, you should be able to do any of this stuff whenever it occurs to you. But as like in in school, you know, there was a a very visible divide between the commercial artists and the fine artists. And the fine artists were like, I have this vision in this direction and I don't need to get paid for it. I just need to express it. Whereas the the commercial artists were almost, and I know I'm over polarizing this, but the commercial artists were like, I don't care what you want. I'll create it for you uh, and I'll get paid for it. You know? Um, And so there's, there's a balance to be struck in between those two, as far as having like some integrity of your own vision, but also knowing that there are points where you do have to turn it on and off. And so the more agile you are, as far as like, like storing some ideas and, and being able to act on those ideas with, you know, uh, an informed like amount of skill and, and whatnot. Um, that, that, that's, it's a valuable intersection to have because if you've booked studio time and uh, you, you know, the, the, the wheels are turning and, and cash is being spent, like you, you do need to be creative right now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 
And then another thing that's cool too, it's like it's kind of almost like too you have to like learn the techniques and learn the craft too to be able to know yeah. when to turn it on and off. And that yeah, unfortunate so is unfortunate. It's not in your way. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's like I'm sure there's a lot of people that's like, oh man, I got all these song ideas. I'm like, for us, I know we see it a lot that these people think they're so fucking creative. I'm like, I'm a lyricist, man. I got all these lyrics. I'm like, yeah, but you can't sing in time. You can't sing sing in key. You don't know how mm-hmm. to write a song. I'm like, nobody's gonna want to back you up. It's a waste of everybody's time. I'm like, you don't have any of the skills to back it up. But as as creative as you are, you're gonna be the next big thing. Nobody wants yeah. to work with you. You're just a piece of garbage. <laughs> and there's people who like talk a big game. And the thing is, I'm like, you have to be able to back it up too. So that's for me right. as like creating, you have to like kind of, you know, cut your teeth a little bit and like learn your s- trade, you know, learn your craft. Even though like for me, I'm like, I'm playing guitar and not like I'm getting paid for it. It's like, I get to put well, out a crappy record and pay money to put it out. <laughs> that was something I saw in art school too, where um, the, I, forgive me this offends anyone, but the idea of, well, that's my style, like as an excuse, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, my style is to be sloppy and unpredictable. And that's just how I express myself. It's like, well, okay, that's cool. But you then, if that's the case, you can't have these expectations that everyone's going to adopt your style. It's like, no, you're Um, lazy, dude. (laughs) (laughs) But um, those are my words then. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, also what, what I saw in, um, in art school and, and art teachers might be different than math teachers in that it's, it's more of a subjective realm, you know, where there could be uh, multiple answers to, to one question. Um, but if one of my art teachers and, and here's a lesson kids, anyone who might be in art school right now, if your teacher shows you their work, that's what a- appeals to their sensibilities. That's, that's what they like to see. So there's a bit of a skill in making your work look like something they would have done. Again, you have to be careful not to compromise your own artistic integrity, but you you have to kind of get a sense of like, oh, this person likes a real loose painterly feel, or this this person's an illustrator and they work in graphite and it's a super tight, clean, detailed kind of thing. Yeah. So um, also one of my art teachers, he would not let us do anything that had an ex- that did not have an explanation for it. But we were also not allowed to do anything predictable, symmetric, balanced, uh, you know, any of these kind of things. So it was this like very mind bending, like sense of um, like rules based abstraction. Uh, but that did a lot for me in the sense coming down later of like have a reason for everything that you're doing, being able to explain it, you know, even when it comes down to songwriting, you know. Um, yeah, at least having like you know, a method behind the madness, you know. Right, 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 right. But knowing like, well, I do need to tailor this to suit, you know, my audience or, you know, in in my case, it was the the teacher or like what we do in my day job. It's like, well, who's the audience for this? And we need to make sure we're speaking to that audience. What what do they value and how do we connect our value to them? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's the same with, you know, music too. It's like, well, who's listening to my music? What are they going through? What's going to sympathize? how are they going to feel what I'm feeling? Cause yeah, you could just scream into a microphone and shame anybody who doesn't care to understand it, but it's exactly. like, no, <laughs> you, you have a message and you want to deliver it in a way that, that is going to connect with somebody that they're going to go, you know what? I know how that guy feels. And, and I appreciate somebody, you know, feeling the same thing I'm feeling. Yeah. The way I always see it is like, you got to know the rules in order to break them or bend them. Exactly. Exactly. Like uh, a lot of the new music that we're writing, there's one song in particular. It's like, um, like say it's like an E minor uh, scale 
but I'm going like E to uh, E flat to G to a, a D major. So it's like the chords right. are kind of weird. And then I'm adding like some dissonance and stuff like that in like the overdubs that I'm doing. And I'm like, it works though. Right. Like, and so like right. conventionally, I like, you know, if I was playing by the book, by the rules, I'm like, this wouldn't work. It's like, especially doing right. like quote unquote, like, you know, if you're doing like diminished chords and stuff like that, those aren't technically part of the scale, but they work or like harmonic well, minors going, and stuff, you know, going back to appeal, comprehension and retention, that doesn't always mean playing by the rules, but there still needs to be a context. So in a lot of cases, in you know, looking at some music, breaking it down, it's like it, within a song, they'll create a rule and then at some point they'll break it. And yeah. that's, that's what makes it sound interesting. And, and that's what makes something memorable and, and understandable is like, Oh, I, there's some music where you can listen to the intro verse and chorus and you might as well just skip it because you've heard the rest of this. They're just going to repeat that four <laughs> times, you know? Yeah. Um, there's nothing new I, here. Yeah. Right. I think it's, I think, yeah, no, that that's, that's totally exactly like what I think with music. I'm like, okay, you got to try and now that we're getting, you know, more competent in our instruments, I, I want to say like compared to like when we were like 18, 16 years mm-hmm. old, um, I'm like, oh, let's let's be dangerous. Let's be weird. Let's just not like we're working on something now that's more of like a power pop kind of thing, and we have no intention of like making it a very punk song. But I'm like, oh yeah, let's just do this. And I'm like, oh, it's a it's a kind of a, a slower groove. And I'm like, whatever. We're just kind of like three dudes just jamming it out. And I'm like, to me, this is fun. Okay, let's let's keep it weird. Let's keep it right. like different. I'm like, and you know, shake us up because I'm like, oh, we're always gonna try and jump to the same type of like breakdown i'm like oh we're gonna half time this thing and then i was like telling the guys i'm like this is what we want to do stop yeah. stop going well, there it's got to be so tough for bands and it's the same with you look at like guitar brands too you could say this similar argument for like let's call fender and gibson for example where it's like there are probably people there that want to innovate they want to come up with something new but is that what the people actually want and when you look at bands it's like their first album, second album, you know, they, they created a presence for themselves that people latched onto. And it's like, these people are creative and they are ebbing and flowing as circumstances and, and life and all this happens. And maybe they want to do a mellow album. Maybe they want to do a, a more aggressive thing. You know, it's like, then the fans reject it. Cause it's like, ah, this is different. This isn't what I expected. Just play the hits, you know? And, and it's almost like, you can be forced into a rut, you know, trying to sort yeah. of like, well, this is what the people want. So let's just keep giving it to them. And then you, you just do the same thing over and over and over again. And then people criticize you for that. It's like, well, this is just the same thing over and over. <laughs> it's like, well, do you want anything different or not? So that's gotta be tough like, yeah. <laughs> as a band. Yeah. I, th- I think, I don't know. Uh, like for sometimes I feel like with like, the uh, different bands like the cr- creativity changes because maybe like their what is going on in their lives changes mm-hmm. like for me I'm like oh god my dog is just barking I don't know if you can hear it that's <laughs> no, cool it doesn't bother me <laughs> I, I'll try and gate it out my dog every time like if there's somebody at the door he's like I'm gonna let everybody in the whole neighborhood know <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean that's like what we're talking about though that's the kind of imperfection that you know even just to a show like you know how many podcasts we listen to where you know somebody opens a door or a dog barks and you're like, Oh darn it. I'm going to edit that out. It's like, no, we enjoy that. Cause that's what reminds us that this is just people talking. You yeah. Know, yeah. Just, it, think, it, it, it makes, it makes it real. But, yeah, uh, in the, I, I think one thing I wanted to uh, mention, Oh yeah. just like, you know, people's, uh, you know, 
what inspires them changes. So it's like maybe now that they're more successful, they kind of changes. So they're like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm writing different songs. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, you're not hurting and broke anymore. So maybe right. I don't want to listen to you anymore. And it changes. That's fine. There's an audience for everybody. Um, one thing mm-hmm. I wanted to touch on was you were saying retention mm-hmm. of like uh, your three rules or whatever. Or your, oh, shit, what the hell yeah, were they? It. Was it like retention? <laughs> it's ironic. <laughs> See, I already forgot it. But it's the retention thing was like, I'll write something and I'll start jamming things out. And a thing that I like to do is I don't write it down first. Good. Because if I remember it, then it's worth a damn. If right. I come back to it like two or three days later and I still remember it, especially for a guitar, then I will know that it's worth something. But if I forget it, right. then I'm like, okay, cool. I'll tap into it later or not. And if I don't, then I don't. If I do, then I do. So that's and it's like, funny how that, yeah, it's funny how that correlates with simplicity. You know, some of the most like, um, memorable, I guess anything quotes or songs or whatever are usually on the simple side. Mm-hmm. That's what makes them easy to remember. So it's, it's not a matter of it being, you know, boring or basic or plain, but just that it's, you know, carefully chosen, um, accessible you know parts like a like a guitar riff um i think in in a weird way we are drawn to perfection and complexity but something that is maybe perfectly symmetrical a painting or a sculpture or something for example you look at one side you've already seen the other there's really no need to to move around within the thing um and and maybe that's the memorable component was that yeah i saw it and it was cool um (laughs) but that irregularity, that asymmetry, that imperfection is also, we don't always realize what draws us in. Like my wife being a photographer, um, she'll, her favorite thing is to document families and the people, the, the photos that people are drawn to are the ones where it's like, you know, something is, is going wrong. That This person's not looking at the camera or, you know, what would be considered not the perfect shot. Not everything is clean and, and wonderful, but, that's where all the the um, the actual realism is, and so as far as making it memorable and, and working on that that retention aspect, I think kind of drawing somebody in and 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 giving them something that is simple and accessible helps them retain it. Yeah, something that, that they sense. can like take away, you know. Right. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of really. I don't know. I guess that, that was kind of it. I think we tackled that one. Cool. <laughs> we ran that one. That was good. Cool. Well, um, how about before we head out of here, do you want to let people know where they can find you? Where's, where's, the, where's the best place to find out what's going on with Kevin? What's up with the equits? <laughs> uh, just any of the social feeds, uh, Instagram and, and Facebook mostly. There's, there's a Facebook group for, um, or uh, I'm sorry, a, a Facebook page for Equits Guitars. Um, but whenever I post something, I post it to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So if you're a Twitter person, if you're a Facebook person, um, you can follow along there. Um, Instagram, everything is Equids Guitars. So it's... Um, Makes it easy. Pretty, pretty simple to find. There is a website that has like a contact form if you want to email me. Um, but as far as guitars and all that, it's, it's more of a... Um, and I need to update it actually, but it's more of like a, a library of ones that have been finished um, stuff that's in progress. Um, like any progress photos, those are on the live feeds. Yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, thank you so much, Kevin, for taking the time. 
and doing this. Yeah, it was uh, fun, know. man. Yeah, thanks for reaching out. I always get uh, you know get a different side of you. You know, <laughs> I just uh, I think a good bit of gabbing is always you know it's always fun and you know That's... so um, you know uh, yeah check Kevin out and uh, hopefully we'll get you in for a proper episode a Kyle Bryan style. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully uh, it would be upon the delivery of your guitar. Yeah. I'm if not. I can, my preference is to deliver them in person just because, you know, I want to see the person play. I mean, selfishly, it's great to see them open the case and see the guitar for the first time, but also, you know, to like sit down and play it. And if it needs like higher action or, you know, anything like that, to be able to make those adjustments right then and there. Um, but yeah, maybe we could line that up to when, uh, to when I drop it off and we could, we could throw down. Yeah, yeah, it'll it'll it'll, it'll be cool. So, um, but yeah, no, uh, th- thanks so much again, and be sure to check uh, Kevin out on all the uh, social medias and all the good shit he's got going on. Before I close this out here, I just want to say thank you guys for tuning into the show. And if you guys you know want to be a part of what we got going on, you guys can follow along on Instagram at the Tone Jerks and uh, check us out on our Facebook group. Just search the Tone Jerks and you'll find it. And if you guys do like what you hear, you or if you don't, you guys can leave a review on iTunes. Uh, you know, hopefully it's five stars, but even if it's not, uh, your reviews, if you write something, we're going to read it on the air. We got a couple that we got uh, recently, but I'm going to wait until uh, my brother Kyle is here and we're going to read them on the air. And if you guys really like what you hear, you guys can help support us on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. But if you guys double down to $2 a month, you guys get an extra episode every week. And at $5 a month, you guys get a discount on shirts, and uh, we will send you some Plane Without a Pilot merch, because we don't really have any Tone Jerk stuff right now. So just as a quick thank you, I wanted to give a shout-out to all of our supporters. We have uh, Ko and Paul from the Flippin' Flippers podcast. We have Abe Newman. We have Michael Newman. We have Andrew Walsh. We have Will Lahue. We have Bruce Banana. We have Doug Christ, Doug Gann, Jamie Davis, uh, Jason Fuzzmonger, Adam Rohr, uh, from the Let Him Hear podcast. We have uh, Jimmy B, Jimmy Bowers. We have uh, Johnny Ray. We have uh, Doug King. We have Joseph from Like My Pedals. We have Leon Wright from Pelican Noiseworks. And then we have Digger from Fat Foot Effects. And uh, this is the last week of that uh, pedal contest that we're doing on Instagram. We're giving away a Fat Foot Effects uh, pedal. It's a boost and drive all in one. Uh, some really cool artwork and then um, go check out our Instagram for all the details. You got to like repost some shit, tag some friends, you know, the normal uh, Instagram contest type shit. And then we have a uh, Sean Arbo from gun street wiring shop. Uh, he's out there uh, hanging out with Kyle and I'm a little jealous. And then lastly, but not leastly, we have a new one. Uh, Steve Mike uh, from a local band here in San Diego, uh, hardly human. Um, yeah, he has joined us on Patreon. I think that's really cool. Um, local support is cool. <laughs> kind of, you put this out there, you don't know who's going to listen. And, you know, the fact that, you know, local bands that we play out with and that we watch um, are listening to the show and are into it enough to support us. Um, all right. I'm just rambling on here by myself uh, like cr- a crazy person. But Kyle's going to be back next week. He's going to have a bunch of stories to tell. Uh, we will see you. We love you. Bye.